What is going on, San Antonio? What is going on, South Texas? My name is Mike Jimenez. This is the Alamo City Sportscast coming at you from the Alamo City, San Antonio, Texas, West San Antonio, West County, West Bear County represented. Again, Mike Jimenez here, Joe Garcia, producing today's show. Joe, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, man. Always busy. We're both always busy this morning, but yeah, we have some news today to talk about as far as the world of sports is concerned. And it's Spurs Day, so I'm dressed in my Spurs gear. It is Spurs Day, and as Chris Gonzalez reaches out to us on our YouTube stream, asking the question, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, guess what day it is? Hump day is what <laughs> it is. You can be part of the show uh, if you take part in our YouTube stream. Subscribe to the Alamo City Podcast Network. Like and subscribe. We're also available live right now on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Uh, you know, we get credit, if you will, if you watch us on YouTube. We can see you and we can see your your comments in real time if you do follow us on our YouTube platform. Uh, and if you don't follow us on our YouTube platform, do us a favor. Go on there and subscribe anyway because those numbers kind of help us out as well. Uh, this is going to be a fun show. Lots to get into. We had a great show yesterday, Joe. Yesterday we were balling, man. We We were hooping last night, doing the show yesterday rather. I put a couple of clips up there. I uh, was really excited that we got into the whole conversation about Heather Thomas <laughs> and the uh, the hottie from the 80s. We kind of uh, relived that. That was kind of fun. Reliving uh, but, the video, the video yeah, shot, the cameraman. Yes. <laughs> and as you said, uh, the cameraman was doing the Lord's work. Uh, that was that was pretty funny. And a NYSL Hooper is already in our chat line saying the 80s babe segment <laughs> yesterday was fire. <laughs> Lots to get into today. You know, the Spurs back in action tonight on the road. Kind of interesting, though, because Las Vegas has the Spurs favored to win tonight on the road. Again, they're playing the Detroit Pistons, the only other team in the NBA that has a worse record than the Spurs. Spurs having a couple of days rest. The Pistons played last night, playing the second half of a back-to-back -to -back tonight. Spurs are favored to win this game. And Joe, I called it earlier this week. Spurs are going to run off four in a row. They're going to run off four in a row. I'm calling it. It's going to happen. Going to manifest it. Okay. Oh, man, dude. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, Toronto Raptors head coach. Do you see what this guy did? The dude went off. We're going to hear from Toronto's head coach because he was pissed off about what happened at last night's game against the LA Lakers, which, by the way, benefited your San Antonio Spurs because the Spurs have a top six protected pick that belongs right now, the Toronto Raptors. So we'll talk about that. NFL news. Uh, I see a lot of arguments right now on Twitter about uh, these big awards that are handed out, whether it be NFL MVP, defensive player of the year. Are Cowboy fans going to get pissed off again when it comes to it all? We've seen Dak Prescott go from being kind of a laughingstock, a joke, you know, leading the league in interceptions to suddenly being an MVP candidate. Does he really have a chance? Secondly, Micah Parsons, third year in the NFL, first two seasons was runner-up for defensive player of the year. And right now Vegas thinks that he might be runner-up again. Think about that. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? I mean, is it a good thing to say, well, at least he's one of the top two players on defense, right? Uh, at the same time, you would think that at some point he'd get an award. Or is he going to become like Tim Duncan? You know, Tim Duncan 
one of the greatest defenders of all time, never won Defensive Player of the Year. Is he football's version of Tim Duncan? We'll talk about that as well. Um, NFL news and notes. I saw an interview with Travis Kelsey where he's talking about the fact that he didn't play week 18, even though his teammates wanted him to, not because they needed him out there to win the game, but because they wanted him to hit a certain milestone and he didn't give a damn. So I found that to be very funny. Uh, Other news and notes around town that we'll get into, because again, not only do we talk sports and pop culture and nostalgia, but, you know, just random things that pop up. Interesting. Saw an article today that Northside ISD is considering changing to a four-day school week. Your kids going to school just four days a week. I wonder if that's Monday through Thursday. Is it Tuesday through Friday? Is it Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Would you be okay with that as a parent? Do you think your child would thrive in that type of setting? So we'll get into that as well. Um, Some sad news out of Hollywood. Uh, An actor passed away that I was a fan of, and he's a Mexican actor. When I say Mexican, I'm not talking about Mexican-American. He is from Mexico, but he went to school in Texas, and he has ties to San Antonio. He also has ties to the Marvel X-Men franchise. We'll get into that as well because uh, a very, very young man, and he died of a very, very rare disease. So we have lots to get into today. Again, you can be part of the show. If you want to take part on our private chat line over here, again, lots of comments coming in already, so we'll get into that. We might have a guest. We might not. It depends. Uh, If he pops up, great. If he doesn't, I understand. He's already given notice that he might not be able to make it today. I'm doing the show from home today because I have an 1130 work Zoom. Uh, Joe, I might... I might be unemployed for about four weeks or so, man. So maybe we'll talk about that. <laughs> Switching brokers, possibly. So we'll get into that as well. But uh, it's not that I'd be unemployed. It's just I wouldn't be able to do business. So basically, I'd be twiddling my thumbs for about four hey, weeks man. if that happened. Maybe you can open your own dog walking business or something, you know? Let <laughs> you know what? I'm counting them. I got three dogs here. I see Daisy. I see Cody. I see Duncan. Duncan, who got stuck under the fence for over two hours the other day is now afraid of the fence. He's going (laughs) nowhere near it. He gets to about four feet of it, turns right back around. He wants none of that smoke anymore. Uh, But again, be part of the show. If you want to be part of the show, uh, steer us in certain directions. That's perfectly fine. Let's keep it clean. Let's keep it fun. Let's have a great show out here. Joe, first topic, your San Antonio Spurs. You know, the Spurs have lost... What is it? Like 27 out of 29 games? Yeah. Something to that effect. I've lost track. They were 5-3 and three at one point, and they have lost 27 of 29, if I'm not mistaken. So it was kind of funny going online today because I was waiting for the Vegas odds to come out yeah. to see if the Spurs were going to be favored or not in tonight's game against the Detroit Pistons. Now, think about this. I was... I was Wondering this morning, are they going to be favored? And I predicted in my mind that they would be, okay? Because Detroit coming off a back-to-back. But we're talking about a battle today at 6 p.m. tip-off from Detroit of a 5-30 and Spurs team against an 3-34 and <laughs> Detroit team. Combined record of 8-64. and 
These are two teams that are are on track to have two of the worst records in NBA history, yet the Spurs tonight on the road are favored by three and a half points. Victor Webinyama, we'll probably see him for what? 24 minutes, but not 24-01, man. He gets to 24 minutes, they're going to sit his ass down unless he's going to go out there and check himself back in. But somebody's got to win this game. Somebody's got to lose this game. Joe, are we going to win tonight? Um, I want to say yes. I do want to say yes, but I don't know what Spurs team's going to show up tonight. Or, you know, if, if the, the Pistons are tanking that hard, let's see who they sit. That'll be a telltale sign right there. That is true. Spurs favored by three and a half points tonight. Again, tip off at seven, at 6 p.m., uh, rather. Um, the, the Pistons played last night. And they had a very, very interesting game against Sacramento. And I say it's interesting because I was watching the highlights of this game and I was kind of following it along uh, as the night went on. At the end of the first quarter, the Detroit Pistons had 47 points. Yeah. They were winning 47 to 29. 47 to 29. Up by 18 after one, scoring 47 points, and they lost by 21. <laughs> they lost 131 to 110 because they got outscored 39-18 and then 33-15 in the second and fourth quarter. Uh, Sacramento went off. But let's look at this, this, this lineup here that the Spurs are facing tonight. The Spurs are facing a lineup of DeMontis Sabonis. I'm sorry, that's Sacramento's team. I'm sorry. Uh, they have a guy named Livers or Livers. Livers. Uh, Jalen Duran, Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivey, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. I mean... They got some players. They got some pieces. It's like the Spurs. They've got some pieces, but they're not a good team. Yeah. And the Pistons almost broke the record. I think they tied it, if I'm not mistaken, for most consecutive losses in a row. Again, someone's got to win tonight. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, though, is somebody who's been going off these days. Victor Wembanyama, Wemby, I mean... I am impressed by him more and more by the day. He may not win rookie of the year, but look, he's balling out the last four games. 21 points, 20 points, 27, 24. Averaging about 24 and 7, 24 and 8 the last week or so. Prior to that, he had a 30-point game against the uh, Portland Trailblazers. He's shooting better. 6 of 13, 10 of 18, 8 of 16, 8 of 16, 9 of 14. He's shooting around 55% in this five-game stretch here that he's been playing, averaging about 24 points per game, only in 24 to 25 minutes of play. So Wemby is showing the superstar potential that he has within him, and I think that tonight he's going to go off, and the Spurs played so well against the Milwaukee Bucks, played you know so what? well this weekend, almost winning these games. I think they're due for a win. Yeah, I have somebody who's going to join us right now. The oh, one and only, the Hefe himself, Jeff Garcia. <laughs> Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs, Ken's Five. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, my man? Jeff, are you there? Oop. I'm here. I can't, uh, yeah, I can't hear Mike. Oh, oh yeah, you can't hear Mike. You, I forget. That's the way this thing works. When you're not in studio, Mike, they can't hear a damn yeah. thing because you're, you're on a different uh, audio channel. Oh, ask him who he thinks is going to win tonight. Uh, Mike saying, who do you think is going to win tonight, Jeff? Uh, I think I have the Spurs. I believe no Cade Cunningham. Uh, so I think the Spurs will be okay. But here's something interesting. 
three of the last, no, sorry, two of the last three Spurs Pistons game have all gone into overtime. So you wonder just how competitive, you know, the 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 toilet bowl game between the Spurs and Pistons will be. Yeah. Talking to Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs and Ken's Five. Uh, interesting. I, I didn't realize that uh, the uh, Spurs had gone to overtime so frequently with the Detroit Pistons. As Jeff mentioned, no Kate Cunningham. Um, ask him about Wemby and and Wemby's play in the last five games that he's gone out there. Uh, we want to know what do you out. think about Wemby's play in the last five games? I think he's turned the corner already in his rookie season. I think he did it. There's no blinker on. There's nothing like that. I think he's turned the corner. Uh, he scored in double figures, I believe, in six straight games and then 20 or more in the last five games. But you put the numbers aside, what I'm more impressed about is how he is vocally on the court. We saw how he was with Trey Jones when Jones missed the three versus the Bucks. We saw him, or I saw him, going up to Blake Wesley and kind of getting on him for missing him uh, for a wide-open dunk at a home game recently. And then, of course, the video that went viral of him screaming out, you know, the F word as he exited the game versus the Cavs and a loss. So I like seeing all that stuff. You throw it also self-checking in yourself, you know, against Pop. We're literally, literally behind Pop's back. So I think he's turned the corner in all aspects of his game. But the one thing I'm worried about is the rookie wall. That rookie wall is coming up very soon. I want to see how he handles that. Now, now I, I predict, predict that the Spurs, Spurs are going to win four, four games, games in, a row. in a row. Yeah, so Mike's saying he's predicting that the Spurs are going to win the next four games in a row. I, I think Mike's smoking something, Jeff, because I think they got a good shot against the, the Pistons. But beyond that, I think the Spurs are just going to spur again. You know, they have shown that they don't know how to close games in the fourth quarter. They still make some little mistakes here and there that really cost them close games down the stretch. And hopefully yeah. they can learn from their mistakes, but it's just a young team, Jeff. What do you think? You think they're going to win the next four? I, I th Okay, so I look at the next four. Pistons, Hornets, Bulls, Hawks. Yeah. So I got them penciled in for a win tonight. They better not lose tonight. <laughs> not to the Pistons. But so Hornets, I think it'll be a competitive game, but I, I – I would have, I would why that comes down to the last uh, period, last final minutes. Bulls, I think Bulls get the W on there, so I don't, I don't think they'll go four straight. And I think uh, Hawks, I think the Spurs will lose that game. I got them going whew, two and two in the next four. Jason Garcia reaches out to us on our YouTube stream, saying that he likes the way the Spurs are losing recently, not getting blown out, fighting for that W, and that's the thing. The Spurs have been playing so well lately. Milwaukee, we saw Victor Wembanyama stand up to to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. We saw them go toe to toe with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, those are really good teams, and hopefully the Spurs get something out of it, maybe a confidence boost uh, when it comes to it. Now we do have someone, uh, Joe, saying that there's a bit of an echo. Yeah, uh, I, I fixed the echo. I put the echo cancellation. Yeah, I heard it too. Uh, the big news, though, that a lot of Spurs fans have been talking about, though, all yesterday morning. All last night was about DeJounte Murray. Sean Sharamia of The Athletic was on a show that uh, that features Michelle Beadle of San Antonio on FanDuel. And they were talking about the fact that the Spurs have shown some interest 
in getting DeJounte Murray back onto the team, according to Sham Sharania of The Athletic, a very reputable source. Yeah. Ask Jeff what he thinks about the whole the whole rumor mill involving DeJounte Murray. Yeah, Jeff, we want to know what your take is on the Spurs rumored to be interested in one DeJounte Murray. How well do you think if, the, if they went ahead and they did do a trade with Atlanta, bring DeJounte back, do you think it would be a good fit? Well, one, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. First yeah. of all, I don't, I, I just don't think so. They'd have to give up a lot, Jeff, and that's what I was telling Spurs yeah. fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. But the thing is, the Spurs can't afford it. But do they want to mortgage a big chunk of their uh, assets? Yeah. In Dejounte, you know, I don't know about that. But if it does happen, I, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. And we'll, we'll start off the cons. You know, he tends to be ball dominant. Well, he worked in with Wimby in that aspect. Uh, you know, you look at the pros, you got yourself an established all-star point guard to go into the system. And he fits this quote-unquote timeline of the Spurs. You know, he's not old. He's still young. And I, I, I think he, he will definitely be another threat on that court, on both ends of the court, the Spurs, you know, defensively they got their issues, especially in the perimeter. Yeah, and I, I think that's where Dejounte would solve that. So you got a guy who's also what, just you know, averaging I think about 20, 20 ish, 20, 21 points per game right now with Atlanta. I forgot you to know, share that, your your picture, Jeff. And and that's and that's with. Um, you know him having the 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 chemistry issues with uh, the Hawks and Trey Young, so he's doing pretty well. So although I don't think ultimately it would happen, I do think it would be a pretty good fit. Yeah, I had to bring up your graphic, you know, with you in the top hat and all the bling all over the place and your private plane and everything, Jeff. <laughs> oh my hey, goodness. we we got ourselves a we got ourselves a tip from Garrett. From the Netherlands, I'm gonna from go. the Netherlands. We're going, yes. we're going worldwide, baby. We're like, uh, we, yeah, we're <laughs> we're like Pitbull, baby, Mister Worldwide. So Garrett Vanderkrift says, uh, "Greetings from the Netherlands. I enjoy listening to you guys as I'm a Dutch Spurs fan. Wanted to ask when Wimpy's time restriction is going to be lifted." Yeah. So Jeff, we have a fan here from the Netherlands that just went mm -hmm. ahead and gifted us some money here uh, joining us from on youtube with the super chat and he's wanted to know when do you think wemby's time restrictions will be lifted oh um i think the spurs are gonna spur and i think they're gonna take their sweet ass time i really <laughs> think so they're not gonna rush him uh, he he threw in the hat if you saw his post game conference chat versus yeah. i think it was the i think it was the Cavs where he said that he's accepted it that uh, he's just going to roll with it. But he did send out a warning shot to the rest of the league saying once it's lifted, it's game on. So what, what this is just so outstanding about him is that his stretch of games right now is on a minutes restriction. So imagine he was playing 30 or more minutes right now. Those numbers must be just insane. Perhaps the Spurs do beat the Bucks, or, or they do beat the Cavs. So uh, I, I think once that administration comes up, then this team could possibly start seeing a lot of wins. They got to do it this month, though. This is the softest month of the schedule right now. This is where it has to happen. Yeah. I think it 
I think it beefs up again, right? Because after these next four, yeah, you got what, <laughs> yeah, it you does. Got, uh, the Celtics on the schedule, the Sixers, the Wizards. Thunder. You got those, Wizards, uh, the, 76ers, yeah, the Wiz- Thunder. Yeah, the, they're Wolves. Mm-hmm. So um, they got to do it in this month. This is like, they got to do it. If they're going to get some wins on the season, they have to do it now. Yeah, the rest of the, the season, as far as the teams that they're playing, they're all, they're not easy wins for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to be, like you said, the softest part of the schedule that they have, the best opportunity to string together some wins. And Jeff, let's not forget, we have the infamous rodeo road trip knocking yeah, on the door point. here. It's going to be yep. coming up. So that's going to be yeah. brutal. Do you think the Spurs go winless on the road trip this season? No, I think they get one or two. When does it start? It starts February, right? So yeah, like, February. Uh, let me get here. So February seventh, I believe. Let's see. Against the Heat. Yep. Against the Heat. Yep. Yeah. So I think yeah, the, the Heat will be a problem for them. The Magic will be a problem for them. The Nets will be a problem for them. Maybe the Raptors. Maybe that one. Dallas is going to be a problem for them. The King. Oh, that's a brutal road road trip. It is. You know what, Jeff? Yeah. I'm going to be at the game this Friday. So I'll probably be there hanging out with my boy, Jonas Clark, who's a producer of the Sports Grind uh, over on, mm-hmm. you know, they're on their channel there. So maybe we'll stop by and say hi to you at the game if you're there. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. We'll go to that that spot upstairs where, remember, me, you, and Jimenez met up one, one time? Oh, yeah. By, I know which yeah. one you're taking. I won't say it because yeah, then we'll have people hunting us down. Uh, yeah, yeah, good idea, good idea, good idea. Good idea. Very cool. Like, where's Joe? They're, They're going to be saying, where's now. Jeff? Jeff said he's going to buy everybody a beer. He's going to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's yeah, Joe, that's, not me. <laughs> I'm a Joe Garcia, not Jeff Garcia. Ask uh, Jeff real fast what he's working on for uh, Ken's Five and Locked on Spurs. I saw they made an announcement today about a Pride Night game. And then also The Rock. Don't forget, they're going to have a second uh, job search if you will they're they're going to have people going out there looking for a job over there at the rock they need bartenders and whatnot uh for the new facility out there maybe uh, you might Jeff join, Mike, you're going to be uh, uh jobless here for a couple weeks <laughs> <laughs> hey jeff so we want to know what you got cooking up here you know coming up down the yeah. pipe for locked on spurs you know and yeah you're working on anything for ken's five any stories yeah well the first one just well actually a couple of them uh yesterday i had a chance to well, not yesterday, but I released an article. I had a conversation with Malachi Branham and Julian Champagny about this month and how not only is it kind of a soft schedule, but just like how crammed it is, how hectic it is. Everybody looks at the uh, their, their road home games uh, for the month of January. They're kind of like all, all over the map. So those two Spurs players spoke to me about dealing with that type of erratic uh, month. That's up right now. Also, Lockdown Spurs just got released. That was a fun one. And I think, Mike, Joe, you all will appreciate the guest. Uh, he's Raul Flores of the AP Radio. Okay. And in the final segment, he talks about attending the very first Spurs game as an NBA team in San Antonio when the Hemisphere Arena was just one level only. And we're talking <laughs> about the very first game against the San Diego Conquistadors. So... He talks about what it was like, how the city received uh, the Spurs and getting an, a pro team. Damn. And it's a really, really good walk down memory lane, especially for the kids yeah. that never got to experience Hemisphere Arena. So we, he gets into all that. He even shows off 
and I'm not kidding you, the original, not a reprint, original Iceman Ice Throne Nike poster. He has it, and he shows it off. Nice. Yeah, so it just got released right now. We also previewed tonight's Spurs-Pistons game, and we also discussed about whether if Wimby has turned the corner or not. So that's just right now. Go to Lockdown Spurs on YouTube. Hey, so we got a a viewer here that's watching this, an avid viewer, the supporter of the show, Tim Gonzalez. He says, Jeff, what about the Spurs playing in France next year? He's just asking. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, I mean, obviously it's going to happen. It's not like we've not, not, not seen this before. Uh, I remember Tony Parker when he was a spur, he played, they played in France. I believe um, that happened on several, a couple of occasions, I, I think. Uh, so, I mean, not, not too surprising. Obviously, Wimby is the NBA's uh, poster child right now. So they're going to want to promote him. And uh, yeah, I think this is a good thing. It's going to help the Spurs, um, you know, the fan base, whatnot. And and also too the Olympics are right around the corner too the 2024 Olympics are this summer. So You're going to be covering the Olympics, Jeff. Man, I wish I could get to the Olympics. <laughs> cover Team you're USA gonna, and Wendy. You're going to be able to board your private plane and fly right nah, over there, man. Nah, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> Eating the steak, thirty thousand feet in the air, right, Mike? <laughs> that's right, baby. It's a French steak. That's what that's what Jeff Garcia likes. That's Jeff Garcia. From Locked On Spurs, Ken's Five, thank you for being with us today, Jeff. He also inter- he also reported today that uh, the Spurs announced a Pride Night game at the Frostbank yeah. Center for Friday, January 12th. Exactly. It's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, it's this Friday. And it's going to be in honor of the LGBTQIA plus community. There's going to be a T-shirt. Uh, streetwear involved in all of that. Uh, fans can text Pride to 210-444-5050. Uh, to purchase a ticket package. Jeff Garcia, thanks for being on with us today. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We appreciate you. Not a problem. Talk to y'all later. Mm-hmm. Bye. You know, uh, talking about the NBA and and what Jeff is going through right there, what I find interesting is, is that right now the Spurs are on track to have two first-round draft picks this upcoming season. Right? right now the Spurs have the second-worst record in the NBA. And if all things ended the way that they are right now, the Spurs would have somewhere between the first pick and the sixth pick after the lottery, right? Worst case scenario, they're drafting six. Best case scenario, number one. 50% chance, give or take, that they'll be in the top four. 50% chance, give or take, that they'll be five or six. Then they have that pick over there from Toronto that is top six protected. And as of right now, according to Tankathon, uh, the Spurs right now have a pick that is guesstimated to be in the number eight spot. But what's funny is that I go through all of these different mock drafts, whether it be fan-sided, Bleacher Report, The Athletic, CBS Sports, USA Today, ESPN, and all of them. You see all these players, Joe, and you, you, you get the idea that its beauty is in the eye of the beholder because there's some players that are slated on some mocks to be a number two, three, or four pick, and in a different mock, number 13 or 14. Yeah. And it's just so weird. Then we have some injuries. Nikola Topic, mm-hmm. who's considered to be one of the best point guards uh, that are that, that is out there compared to uh, SGA, Shea Gildas Alexander. And he has an injury that's going to sideline him for six weeks. There's other injuries going out there. So now they're going up and down the draft. Uh, Dillingham over at Kentucky is just balling out these days. And he's rising through the ranks right now. So I find it interesting that this draft does not have that 
number one guy like Victor Wembanyama. Last year it was like number one's going to be Victor Wembanyama. Number two was going to be Scoot. Number three was going to be Brandon Miller, and then everybody fall in line at that point. This year it's not like that. This year it's like, you know, Sar yeah. topic. You know, Jacoby Walter, Ron Holland, yeah, uh, uh, Ron Holland rather. Uh, people say Isaiah Collier. It's you can talk yourself into about three or four five different players at each position that the Spurs are picking at. So it's kind of a weird thing. It is a weird thing, man. It's a uh, goes to show you, you know, like every draft is going to be extremely different. You know, while you had big name, big marquee names in last year's draft, Spurs got lucky, got Wemby. This year's draft still has some gems in there, you know, but they're not the marquee names that you were hearing last season. But there's still talent to be had there in this year's draft. I think the Spurs have an, a better chance if they want to go ahead and make a trade with somebody. Maybe they could fall down a little bit in the yeah. draft and, and actually get more picks and more value if they don't really see anybody there in picks one through five that they really need to have. Because That's the player the you're getting at, the player you're getting at three is just as talented as the one you're getting at eight. Exactly. There's not a tier one level. Yeah, and uh, Spurs fans, a lot of them are getting really excited about Rob Dillingham, who's a point guard. He's a combo guard uh, who plays for Kentucky, and he's compared to Kemba Walker. Yeah, yeah. Kemba Walker is he a point guard? Or is he a shooting guard? He's kind of just a guard, right? He's a one-two, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is a guy that um, is not as tall. He's six-three. He's 190, uh, 176 pounds, but the guy can just knock down three after three after three, and that's what the Spurs need. The Spurs need guys who can put the ball in the hoop. Especially from beyond the arc. They're not a very good three-point shooting team. Exactly, because you can't go out there with a lineup of Trey Jones and, and Jeremy Sohan because neither one of them can knock down a jumper. Oh, come on, man. No Jeremy Slo Sohan slandered today, Mike. <laughs> Dude, I'm lumping in with Trey Jones. If you look at collectively, they can't shoot. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and, and it's not like Wemby's lights out from three either. I mean, he's barely at 30%. So you can't have three players that are out there like that. And then you have a streaky Zach Collins. The Spurs need guys who can fill the cup. And that's why <laughs> Nick Topic and, and Dillingham are probably the two players that I am mo most excited about. Uh, yeah. I always get this guy's name uh, mis mispronounced, and I'll learn it better. Is it Risa Shea, uh, who's, who's uh, also in the draft, considered to be a top-five prospect? That guy can shoot lights out as well. You know, one of the things that I was going to say, man, Zach Collins, he's been out of, out, you know, out of the lineup. Spurs have actually looked more competitive and played better defensively without Zach Collins. What does that tell you, man? Yeah, that Zach Collins contract his... is looking like trash by the day, man. It just it was a bad move by the San Antonio Spurs. Zach Collins, I know that some of the Spurs fans are enamored with him. I'm not one of those, and neither is Leha. We have a nickname for him. We call him Booty Crumbs. Yeah. Because most, of the, most nights, what's going to happen is he's just going to get beat defensively. He's a defensive liability when he's out there with the Spurs. Beyond him putting up some points, you need defense to win the game. And unfortunately, Collins isn't that guy. Well, let's take a look at this. Uh, next year, Collins is owed $16.7 He is the third highest paid Spur as of right now next season. 
After that, he's going to be the second highest paid spur for the 25-26 season, and then he becomes a free agent. But the weird thing about it is, is that a lot of Spurs fans are telling me, well, we'll figure things out during free agency. With what cap space? <laughs> they don't the Spurs have that blew their cap space and have no veterans to show for it. Okay, so here's who we have under contract next year. We have Devin Vassell jumping from $6 million to twenty nine. Okay? That's the going rate for what he does. So $29 million. Keldon Johnson at 19. Zach Collins at just under 17. Wemby at just under 13. Devontae Graham is still on the team for $12.5 million next year. Yeah, you've got Trey Jones at 9. Then you've got Sohan at 5. Branham at three, Champagne at three, Blake Wesley at two and a half. And then you have uh, some team options on a Charles Bassey. They could team option him for two and a half. And then you have City Sissoko. So I'm going to count that. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That's 13 players. The Spurs are going to troll, are going to trot out there the same team that they have out there right now, yeah. plus whoever they get as a first round draft pick if they get one or two this year. So the idea that the Spurs are going to suddenly just going to sign all these 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 pieces either means the Spurs are going to trade for a vet. That's the only way they're going to do it. Who they're going to trade for a vet? What what value assets do the Spurs have? They're going to trade for. They're going to get rid of Sohan. Who wants so, him? Sohan and Kelvin. <laughs> Who wants him? <laughs> people. Some people like Kel, uh, Sohan, and Sohan might be a good player for a good team. Uh, case in point. Derek White, Boston Celtics. Derek White right now is playing like a top 25 player in the NBA. He's been top set 25, free. top 30. Yeah. Dude, you put Derek White on the Detroit Pistons. You put him on the San Antonio Spurs. He's nothing. Okay. He thrives being around better players. And I think that that's the Sohan effect in, in a way that Sohan's going to go someplace else in a few years and might start to become a very, very good player because of a better system for him, for uh, how he's utilized, and also, and also because he wouldn't be the number one option. He would not be asked to be point guard. He wouldn't be asked to do this and the other. Yeah. That's the thing is that some players fit a role perfectly, and Derek White fits that role in Boston because he's not the number one guy. That's Tatum, you know? That is Jalen. That is other players out there. He's able to just simply do his thing and do his thing well. Caps 210 saying replace Sohan with Draymond Green. <laughs> I saw that. Dude, the excitement of, well, Sohan's kind of like Draymond Green. Why is that exciting? You put Draymond on other teams. Draymond is good because he has played his entire career with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. That's that is why he's good. Yeah. You put this guy on the Milwaukee Bucks before they had Giannis. You put him on the Pistons now, the Spurs now. He's going to suck ass because he's a niche player who plays a niche type of role. Yeah, and that's what Sohan is. And, and so Sohan could actually be very good. But the most tradable piece that the Spurs have is Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson, because he's very marketable, he's under contract until 2027. But he has a decreasing salary along the way, whereas most players have salaries that increase along the way. So, uh, uh, so Keldon Johnson has gone from 20 million to 19 next year, 
The year after that, 17 and a half. The year after that, 17 and a half. Keldon Johnson is a bargain for what he does, for what he produces. He is the best trade chip that the San Antonio Spurs have because he produces. He's, he's a gold medalist. That's marketing right there. And on top of that, a very manageable contract. And yeah. Spurs fans were pissed off when he got that deal. I'm like, yeah. 17, 18 million a year? It's not bad, man. Not bad at all. We have a question from Mario Cavazos watching us on YouTube. Thank yeah. you for the support, you know, and, and interacting with us. He said, if Atlanta asked for Devin in a trade for DJ, would you do it? No. No. Um, you know, it, it would basically be – and I don't think that they would because you have Trey Young over there who kind of fits a very similar uh, – I mean, he's their shooting guard over there. So Look I don't think that they would. This but com no. comment right here is just something you would say. It's something I have said. Yep. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob reached out to the Spurs fans only like Jeremy because he colors his hair. I mean, we watch the same games, man. We watch the same games. I don't see what other people are seeing. And it's not me being a hater. I'm just looking around going, I mean, Oh, okay. man. Look at that one. James Molina. Draymond Green Draymond is Green no hand ceiling. What are we expecting him to be? Well, Draymond Green was never a uh, was never a point guard, right? He brought yeah. the ball up every once in a while, but was never a point guard. Caps coming out and saying the Keldon has value for sure. That's our only trade piece. And then the other pieces that the Spurs have are expiring contracts. That would be uh, Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott on a good team might actually be a very very good fit for a team like a Denver. For a team like a Clippers team, go out there and be the fourth or fifth guy or be the second guy off the bench. Doug McDermott can't do that. He might not be very good defensively, but offensively, the guy knocks down threes, man. He yeah. knocks down threes. Hey, let's uh, turn our attention to the Toronto Raptors. Again, the Spurs oh. have a top six protected pick yeah. of the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors lost last night. <laughs> by one point to the L.A. Lakers. And after the game, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors lost his mind. Let me know when you've got that, by the way, because the Toronto Raptors head coach was furious because the Raptors were up um, were up before the, the fourth quarter started. Yeah, they, cool. were, they were up by one point. But what pissed off the head coach, Darko Rajakovic, is the fact that the Raptors only had two free throw attempts in the fourth quarter, while as the L.A. Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis had more than 20 in the final frame. frame. Yeah. They lost, they lost by, by one. one. We got the this video. Right go. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in the, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, 
who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. Head coach, Head coach of the Toronto Raptors. We have a little of a echo. Yeah, I'll get rid of the echo. There you go. That was head coach of the uh, Toronto Raptors going off last night after the Lakers beat his team 132 to 131. Again, he was saying, how did they get to the free throw line 23 times and only us twice? Scotty Barnes, all-star yes. caliber. And ESPN on SportsCenter showed a lot of the drives that Scotty Barnes was taking. And Barnes, who was a top, who the lottery pick a few years ago, is a very good player. He averages about 21 points per game. He was taking it to the cup. He was getting mauled, and they didn't call anything. And this is the whole thing about the Lakers, man. The Lakers forever get calls. And if you take a look at that entire team, they forever, forever, and ever, and ever, amen, get calls. Scotty Barnes last night. So check this out. Look at these, these stats here. The Raptors had four players who scored 21 or more points. Quickly had 21, Barrett had 23, Siakam 25, and Barnes 26. But from a free throw perspective, Quickly only took three attempts. Barrett took only three attempts. Scotty Barnes, who, as the head coach was mentioning, bangs bodies, is trying to get contact without flopping, two attempts. Pascal Siakam, just three attempts. Collectively, 11 the entire night, and they played a combined 120 minutes. But you go over to the Lakers' side of the house. Anthony Davis had 14 attempts on his own. Anthony Davis had more free throw attempts than Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, R.J. Barrett, and quickly combined. Really? Really? Now, LeBron only had six. He typically has more than that. Austin Reeves was four for four. And as James Molina points out, says that Austin Reeves was flopping like a fish last night. <laughs> but the Lakers got the win, man. And you know what? The Lakers are now 19 to 19. We can't have the Lakers have a losing record, right? They this is the this is the the champion of what was it called again? The in-season tournament champion. Jeez, man. In-season tournament champion. Yay, they hung a banner up on the rafters and they're 19 and 19. Stupid. It just shows the in-season tournament's just trash. But I do respect it, and and that head coach of the Toronto Raptors is going to be fined. He's not going to be suspended, but he's going to be fined. But, you know, there's, some, there's certain teams out there that complain that they don't get calls. But if you're a jump-shooting team, you don't get calls. But R.J. Barrett drives in. Siakam bangs bodies. Scotty Barnes drives in and bangs bodies. They should be getting some calls along the way. But for Anthony Davis to have more free throw attempts than those four players combined is ridiculous. There's some audio here of uh, one DeJounte Murray from our good friend, Hector Ledesma. And it's just him talking, you know, about the Spurs and how he's happy for them, you know, getting Victor Wembeyama 
you know, telling them, you know, kind of letting them know, letting Hector know, I guess, that the Spurs helped him understand what it's like to be a professional. And he's excited for the Spurs organization to have somebody like Wemby around. Let's hear it. All right. So let me go ahead and get that for you. Let me go ahead and get the video here on screen so y'all can okay. see. Okay. So again, the whole thing about DeJounte Murray is that uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic is reporting that the Spurs have some exploratory interest in getting DeJounte Murray back. A uh, friend of the show, as you were talking about, that was uh, Hector Ledesma. Ledesma, yeah, here it is. Getting this interview with DeJounte Murray a few weeks back. I'm not hearing anything on my end. So for those of you who don't know, DeJounte Murray is also someone who's upset some Spurs players, not Spurs yeah. players, Spurs fans along the way, because yeah. he walked out the door saying that it, this, this, the, the team was going to be losing year upon year after year after he left. And he was not happy with certain aspects of the city. He says he loves Spurs fans, that he loves the Spurs organization. And we see he and Pop come together and embrace every time he's in town. DeJounte Murray signed a contract extension to keep him under contract for four more years after yeah. the season. Hasn't even kicked in yet. So if the Spurs were to trade for him, he's not a rental. This is a guy that you would be getting for a, a good period of time. And uh, do we have that sound or did, did it go away? No, I took it away. But, I mean, it's it was here. Yeah. Play it again if you'd like. Okay, did you hear it before? Yeah, I was hearing it. Hold on. I'll play it on here again. Okay, let's do it one more time. And let me get the audio. And if you don't hear it, let us know on the uh, chat line. Yeah, Y'all probably can't hear it, man. But Okay, very good. For cool. whatever reason, that video doesn't want to play. I don't know why. We'll just move on. Let's move on to the NFL because I was taking a look at the Vegas odds on NFL MVP and also looking at the Vegas odds when it comes to defensive player of the year. And it's predicting that Cowboy fans are going to get pissed off because it's predicting that Dak Prescott will be runner-up when it comes to MVP, losing out to Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. The prediction is also that Micah Parsons will come in second in Defensive Player of the Year to Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns and potentially third behind T.J. Watt. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that uh, Dak Prescott should get the award above Lamar Jackson? I don't think he should, man. If you're looking at the at what Lamar Jackson has done with the Ravens, they've beaten a better caliber of, of team. The Cowboys, not so much. You look at their schedule, and you see who the Cowboys have beaten, and they haven't been able to beat teams with winning records consistently. The Ravens have. Lamar Jackson yeah. has shown that he performs – at a very high level against some of the better teams in the NFL. To me, that should be the deciding factor there, you know? My good friend Rudy J from San Antonio Sports Star, he and I were debating this on Facebook earlier today because he posted his belief that Dak Prescott should be the MVP. And I responded back with, well, the Ravens beat the Niners, Dolphins, and Dolphins. Yeah, there you the Cowboys go. got their asses handed to them by both of those teams. Yeah. The Ravens also beat the living crap out of the Detroit Lions, 
and the Cowboys beat the Lions thanks in part by default they got by the by the referees right yeah um the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals the Ravens beat the Cardinals so when you take a look at the teams that they played that were the that were similar the Ravens won Reed J was like well it's because of the Ravens defense well, I'm sure that has something to do with it, but it's not like the Cowboys' defense sucks. Cowboys' defense has Micah Parsons, has uh, uh, Darren Bland breaking the record for the most pick sixes in a in a in a single season. You've got Tank Lawrence back there. Uh, you know, you had Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. So no, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And and on top of that, I was taking a look at strength of schedule in the NFL. Did you know, 32 teams in the NFL, right? So you have the top half, 1 through 16, the bottom half, 17 through 32, when it comes to strength of schedule. Did you know out of the 14 teams that, are, that have made the playoffs this year, 12 of them are on the bottom half of strength of schedule. 12 of the 14 teams in the playoffs this year had a below average strength of schedule. The only two teams that had a strong schedule and still made the playoffs, happened to be number one and two. Number one being the Baltimore Ravens. Number two, the Houston Texans. They had the two hardest schedules in the entire NFL and both made the playoffs. Now, somewhere around 19 and 20, you find the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see all that. And when it comes to these awards that are coming out, Dak Prescott being the runner-up is more than likely going to happen. In fact, Vegas odds are so strong on Lamar Jackson that if you bet $100 that Lamar Jackson was going to win the MVP, do you know what you would get back as a profit? How much? 50 cents. <laughs> so Dak winning MVP is not going to happen according to Vegas. Now, can... Micah Parsons win Defensive Player of the Year. That is a little bit more up in the air when it comes to it. Uh, as of now, Miles Garrett, man, that Cleveland defense is is stout, man. I mean, they they somehow made their way into the playoffs with Joe Flacco at quarterback under center, and they went through four quarterbacks this year. But Miles Garrett, defensive end, is considered to be the slight favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Just behind him, Micah Parsons and T.J. Watt. Again, we've had back-to-back -back years where Micah Parsons has been the uh, runner-up, and it looks, according to Vegas, that he's going to be runner-up for the third year in a row. Fascinating. It is, man. You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think Dak is going to be in the conversation, but I don't believe he'll win the MVP. Yeah. yeah he'll, he'll be runner-up. Now, let me ask you this. Um, I saw a stat today, and I don't know if it's fake or not, it's about the Green Bay Packers playing the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry World. Do you know what the Packers' record is at AT&T Stadium? I don't know what it is. I, I can imagine that it's a, a winning record. Cowboys play Green Bay at AT&T. Again, the Cowboys have not, have not lost at AT&T in like almost two years. The only team in the NFL... To have a, an undefeated record at home this year. 
The Green Bay Packers record at AT&T Stadium since they moved in there over a decade ago is 4-0. Green Bay has never lost at Jerry World. Does that concern you, Joe Garcia? Always concerns me, man. Like I told you, <laughs> I, don't believe in, I don't believe in Dakota Rain Prescott. I don't care how well he's played in the regular season. That shit doesn't matter. What matters is how you play in the biggest moments. When the light shines the brightest, Dakota folds like a like a folding chair, a cheap $2 folding chair. That's Dakota <laughs> Rain Prescott, you know? Until he can win the big game, he'll prove something to me. But right now, I don't have no faith in him. No faith. No faith. Okay. Okay. But it's a different team. There's no Aaron Rodgers there anymore. Aaron Rodgers, man, he owned two teams. He owned the Chicago Bears, and he kind of owned the Cowboys, too. Yeah. Uh, but Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers' daddy. Yeah. Jordan <laughs> Love, though, 18-1. and 18-1 and one when it comes to 18 touchdowns, one interception in the last uh, – uh, eight games or so. So Jordan loves playing very well. Chris Gonzalez asking the question, does that include their Super Bowl win? It might. It might. But the fact of the matter is, is that they win there. All they do is win. Yeah. It was kind of like Kyler Murray. For a while there, all he did was win at Jerry World, whether it be in college or in the NFL or in high school. All yeah. he did was win there. Uh, there's something to be said about that. But the Cowboys are favored by over a touchdown to win the first round of the playoffs. Uh, 3.25 kickoff on Sunday. Surprised that they're not playing the Sunday night game, uh, but it's 3.25 kickoff from Jerry World. I think the Cowboys are going to win. Yeah, look at that. Jacob Eric's laughing. He says he loves when I call Dakota by his full name. I ain't buying no Prescott jersey. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care if anybody gave it to me. You got the receipt because I'm taking that sucker back. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny, man. Hey, uh, let's go into some uh, interesting news around San Antonio. Okay, and, and again, we talk a lot about sports. We did an hour of sports talk, but let's kind of just switch gears a little bit. Uh, found it interesting. There was an article on WOAI.com today, and I saw it on other areas as well, talking about the fact that Northside ISD, which is the largest school district in San Antonio, over 100,000 students, including one of mine, actually two of mine, uh, is tinkering with the idea, and they're asking parents – Yes or no, would you be supportive of this, of changing it up from a five-day week to a four-day school week? Okay, so most kids go in. Like my kid goes in around 835, gets out at 345. So it goes in there, so that's like 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. So it goes in for seven hours, right? Having middle schools and high schools, not the elementaries, middle schools and high schools, Go to a four-day week where they're there for 10 hours. So I'm assuming they get there a little bit early. Maybe they get there at 8. Maybe they leave at 6. They put in a full day's work just like we do, but might have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. And uh, the district is saying that they can't do this for the next two years. Right? The earliest that they can do this is the you know, 2026-27 calendar, I believe, or something to that yeah. effect. But it would affect only middle schools and high schools. There are other districts. I think Medina Valley might be looking at this as well. And there's other districts around the state who have either implemented this or have become uh, so interested in this that they're exploring this as an option. I like it. I like this for school. 
I like this for just life in general to do it this way. Henry Ford has been around, has been dead for years, right? Oh, you don't God. know who Henry Ford is, right? The, <laughs> the car maker, right? We have Ford uh, F-150s and whatnot. He's the one who instituted the whole five-day work week, nine to six, eight to five. We have him to blame for that. I would much rather work four days at 10 hours than, and, and have three days off than have just two days off. Having two days off, like, like if I'm off on Saturday, Saturday's great, right? But I can't enjoy Sunday because I know I have to like switch gears and go into work mode around 5 p.m., 6 p.m. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, you're talking about that schedule. <clears throat> That's currently my schedule. Today is my Friday. So I'm going to be off for the next three days because I work four 10-hour shifts in a row. Yeah. So Northside, or not, not Northside, but the school districts, even tinkering with the idea of having the kids go four days out of the five-day, you know, uh, let's say schools, normal school schedule. What's that going to do with the parents? So you got parents that are working, Right. Are they just going to go ahead and say, are you going to give us a four-day work week as well? You know, cause, <laughs> along with I mean, it. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest. These are going to be kids that aren't like little kids that you're going to need daycare and attention, you know, need to go ahead and give them special attention. They're, they're pretty self-sufficient when you're in middle school, high school. You can do your own things, you know. So the thing is, though, if you let these kids have an extra day to tinker with, what do you think is going to do with the crime rate? What do you think that's going to do with the graffiti all over the place? You know? So, I mean, it has its goods. It has its bad. But at the end of the day, I think that the school district would do this just to save operating costs. That's what it boils down to. So someone asked a question, Chris Gonzalez, on our YouTube stream, asking the questions, do teachers get a four-day work week? And, and would they be – or Sam Salinas actually asked the question, teachers would be expected to continue five days. And actually, districts that have implemented this – have not done that. I'm looking at an article right now on NPR News, which was dated November 8th of 2023, so just two months ago, uh, was talking about the fact that there are some states that are already doing this in large numbers. Uh, in Missouri, 30% of the districts over there have four-day school weeks. In Colorado, 67%. And in Texas, more than two dozen school districts have already switched to a four-day school week. So this is not like Pie in the sky thinking is, is this is, is it'll never happen. It's already happening and gaining momentum. Now that article on NPR was saying that the reason why they're doing this, one of the big reasons is for teacher retention because teachers are leaving the field or not getting into the field at all. Mm. You know, I have a friend of mine, Kim, who was a teacher of the year high school teacher of the year for her for her school here locally did a fantastic job did it for a, a a decade and decided that she just didn't want to be a teacher anymore and went into finance like me and I trained her and why was that it's because a teachers don't get paid dick yeah okay they have to put up with parents who believe their kids don't do anything wrong they have to put up with uh, administrators who are fear for their you know, who, who fear bad test scores and things like that. They have to deal with things like school shooting drills. You know, I, I haven't had a shooting drill at an office building that I've been at. 
but schools do, right? So bad pay, bad morale, shitty parents, crappy administrators, working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, having to pay out of pocket for their own expenses. So these school districts are saying, not only do we think that this is better for the students because the students might be able to learn more if they're there longer, but for the teachers, it's an incentive to say, hey, come work here. It's only four days a week. You get three days off, and on top of that, you got the summers off. Yeah. It's got to happen, man, and it's going to happen. More and more schools are going to do it. And what, it's like dominoes. One's going to fall, then the next one's going to fall, then the next one's going to fall. If Northside does it, then everybody else will follow suit. Jacob reaches out to us on our YouTube stream. That just means the high school pregnancy rate will go up. We're looking at you, John Jay. <laughs> I mean, growing up back in the day, Holmes High School had a daycare, oh, <laughs> on, an on-site daycare, and it wasn't for the teachers. <laughs> Alonzo yeah, reaches out and says, I, I'm I dropping you it. off today, mijo. <laughs> Alonzo reaches out on our YouTube stream saying, I believe a school district does that here in the RGV. Yeah, uh, I, I had read that there were 27 school districts as of 2021 in Texas that, that did it. So I'm sure that number is a little bit higher now. Yeah. Uh, but you need to have a big school district do it. Big school district do it. And then if that improves test scores, because, I mean, think about it this way. You know, you go to a school, you go to like, uh, my daughter's in middle school, right? And she has to go to like eight classes in seven hours and somehow fit in lunch, right? You go into a class. Part of it is changing classes, you know, that, that six minutes to go from one class to the next. And then on top of that, you have um, to take role. And then at the end of the, the class, you have to like, you know, settle down, get your bags together and all that stuff. There's so much lost time in that one hour class time. Right. So if you have it a little bit longer, it's going to be better. Dude, when I was in college, my Tuesday, Thursday classes were so much better than my Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes, even though Tuesday, Thursday classes were an hour and a half long as opposed to just 55 minutes. I'm with Chris Gonzalez, dude. Get rid of all the damn tests. That that test nonsense has been the biggest money grab ever. There's got to be something that, that, that shows whether or not you understand the material. I understand that, that tests are biased because there's a bias when it comes to testing because, you know, there's a um, – the way that it's written. Uh, I'll give you an example. A good friend of mine talks about the fact that he missed the, a, a, a test question growing up, and he realized that it was, it was something that, that uh, was, was biased was they asked a question about having a mantle in your home. And he goes, I don't know what the fuck a mantle was. <laughs> you know, th that is something that higher-end homes might have. Yeah. You know, but if you live in an apartment complex, if you live in a trailer, if you live in a manufactured home, if you live in, a, in, mo in most houses in Texas, you don't have mantles. Yeah. But there's somebody who would know what a mantle is only if they are more affluent, or at least their families are. Yeah. But and, you know, I don't know, man. At the end of the day, the 
you know, there's got to be a better way to go ahead and gauge how well a school is effectively teaching your your children, you know, because the the test, they they waste so much money every year. You have to go ahead and get all the curriculum and all this information. And I'm sure it's not free. Then you got to pay to take the test and that costs money too. So at the end of the day, what are you doing? It's to me, it's, it's make money off of it. Someone's going to make money off of it. Right. So, I mean, but the thing is that how do you gauge whether or not someone mastered something other than asking them, do they know how to do it? You give them a test, just a regular old test, midterm, a final, you know? Yeah. But then those, those, those will then get graded on a curve. Those will do all that. And then you have teachers who are worried that that's gonna, it's a bad reflection on themselves. I've always wanted to be a teacher. I've always thought that I'd be a teacher for two or three years. I would be a bad teacher in the sense that I would not give a shit if my students failed. Yeah. Oh, you don't know it? Well, fuck it. You fail. You don't know it? Fuck it. You're not in band. You're not playing football this semester. I wouldn't care. And I think that that, that if we taught more corporate the more corporate world that the that the students would be better off because we live in a world where the the patients run the asylum because we're afraid of the parents we're afraid of real world the real world is if you fail you fail dude i am i am um self-employed yeah right if i don't work i don't eat you're on the streets bro right <laughs> yeah you know, so I have to work my ass off to do what I do, and I do a very good job at what I do. But the thing is, is that um, I have no one else to blame but myself. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, I hate to be Judge Smales from Caddyshack, but uh, the world <laughs> needs ditch diggers too. Yeah. You know, if you don't get, if you know, if you don't do the work, you shouldn't get the degree. You shouldn't get the diploma. Because there are a lot of kids out there. A lot of who play football, who can't even spell football. David Outwater, if you suck, you suck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's just, you did the work or you didn't. Yeah. Hey, man, we're coming up against it. I know hey, you got a meeting. Real, real fast, uh, before we go, I uh, wanted to say RIP. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace to uh, an actor that um, yeah, I'm has San Antonio ties, man. There he uh, is. Adan, uh, Adan Canto. Adam Canto. Yeah. Uh, Adam. Adan Canto. Adan, A-D-A-N. Yeah, so they, they misspelled it on that one, so yep. my bad. Uh, Adan Canto uh, was an actor who uh, I thought has a very, very fascinating story. Um, there's two TV shows that I enjoyed in, in recent years a lot. Uh, one was on Fox called The Following, the other one was on ABC and later on on Netflix called Designated Survivor with um, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Adan Kanto uh, played the chief of staff, was a very good actor. And then you, you, you learn a little bit more about him. He also appeared, by the way, on X-Men Days of Future Past. He played Sunspot. And the thing about it is this, is that this is a guy that's from Mexico who his story goes, he crossed the Texas-Mexico border every day to go to school in Del Rio. Yeah. So was that Acuna? I think that's Acuna to Del Rio. And uh, long story short, when it came to it all, um, he has some ties to San Antonio because 
uh, Michael Morales, the, the famed four-time Grammy-winning producer, uh, would, would work with, uh, with Adan Canto when it came to um, music and singing and stuff like that. So he was kind of a musical guy along the way. He had, he had a band also in Mexico that performed a, a Mexican style of jazz. And uh, Don Canto passed away at the age of 42. And I woke up this morning to these posts on Instagram of people reaching out saying RIP to him because uh, these were these were people that were on Designated Survivor and the following. And I was like, oh, my God, he died. He actually died of a very rare cancer. It's a cancer of the appendix. Damn, that is strange, dude. Yeah, and he was on a TV show currently uh, on Fox that I was not very familiar with that he had taken off after season two but said that he would come back sometime in season three. Uh, but he his health deteriorated, and he passed away. Very, very talented young man. Very, very uh, handsome man. My, my, my wife would always talk about how good-looking he is. Uh, but he's, a, he's uh, passed away at the age of 42. Again, Mexican... Uh, San Antonio ties, uh, very good actor, gone too soon, Adan Canto at the age of 42. Again, Spurs play tonight, 6 p.m. tip-off against the Detroit Pistons. This is the first of four games that they're going to win in a row. Spurs favored by three and a half points. Wemby's going to go out there. I'll predict 26 points, 11 rebounds, and four blocks. 26, wow. 11, and four. Not a bad stat line. And zero, zero self-check-ins. That's I'll what I... I'll what go them here, Mike. I say I'll say the Spurs will go ahead and beat the Pistons by at least ten plus points. Cover that spread, baby. I don't care if they cover the spread or not. Just win the game. Just give us something, baby. That is Joe Garcia. My name's Mikey Menes. Thank you to Jeff Garcia. Money bags from from Locked On Spurs at Ken's Five. Don't forget to follow Jeff Garcia on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Don't forget to follow him on the YouTube platform YouTube. on Spotify for Locked On Spurs, your daily Spurs content. Uh, thank you to all our listeners. And again, before you leave, hit the like button, share us on Facebook, share us on Instagram, share us on TikTok, share us on Twitter. Let people know we're doing what we're doing. This has been a fun show. We'll be back tomorrow. All right. See you fellas tomorrow. Mm -hmm.